All day I face the barren waste without the taste of water. The story of California is, to a large degree, the story of water management. And the region central to the management of our water resources is the inland delta of the Sacramento and San Joaquin rivers. By moving water southward, Southern California supports a population of 25 million. Without water imports, it would sustain perhaps 1 million people. The delta's water has been important to California's past and is a key to its future. But it's in trouble. Thanks to water diversions, the agriculture of the area and the fisheries of the West Coast are threatened. And there's a powerful constituency that wants to take even more Delta water through a reborn peripheral canal, a proposal which in the past has been rejected as a water grab. The Sacramento Bee has conducted a special report on the Delta debate. We'd refer you to their internet site, sacbee.com delta, as we welcome the reporter responsible for the special report and subsequent articles about this sometimes bitter controversy. Matt Weiser has been a journalist for 20 years and has covered the Delta for several news agencies since 1997. Matt has won numerous awards for his work at the Bee on local flooding issues. We're pleased to say, Matt Weiser, welcome to Radio Parallax. Thanks for having me. Well, Matt, I thought I knew a fair amount about the Delta debate, but I learned quite a bit from your reporting starting with the fact that the Delta is really the largest estuary on the west coast of the Americas. That's right, and by estuary we mean a place where rivers meet the sea. It's a place of uh, mixed salinity where the uh, water cycles between fresh and salt water on a regular basis. And um, this is the largest estuary on the west coast of the Americas, and it's also home to the largest salmon run um, on the west coast of the uh, 48 states. And of course these fisheries are very important, or have been traditionally very important to the local economy. That's right. I don't have the numbers in front of me on on how big that uh, contribution is, but the the fishing economy alone um, from salmon, both commercial and recreational and other recreational uh, sport fisheries, adds up to somewhere in the neighborhood of a couple billion dollars when you add up all the spin-off benefits. Well, I hope a lot of our listeners, as, as we talk, are going to go check out sacb.com slash delta for some just fantastic graphics you guys have put together on, on where water is going and how it moves through the state. Um, so I, I do hope people will do that. But while we're talking, can you, can you just give us an idea of how huge these movements of water are? Well, they're very large. Um, and one of the things we tried to do with this report was to bring together a lot of information that was hard to find because it was in many different places, and we tried to bring it together in one place to give people um, a resource to understand these issues. Uh, but in terms of the water movement, um, there is a large amount of water that's, that's diverted to Southern California from the Delta. And the, the interesting thing about this is that in drought years, the exports to Southern California actually increase because their local supplies of water, of course, diminish in the drought. So they take more water from the Delta at a time when it's actually more harmful to the estuary. 
so some of the debate about what we do in the future will be um, about things like local self-sufficiency, um, trying to find ways for Delta-dependent communities to become more independent by increasing their, their own ability to store water and reuse water. And, and why is it the Delta is really the linchpin to all these diversions going on in California? Well, because it, it's the place where about half of California's freshwater runoff comes together and flows out to the sea. Uh, that's half of all the runoff in California. Uh, it flows through the delta, and of course that makes it a convenient place to divert that water. So there are two huge pumping systems in the South Delta that do that, and, and they divert that water everywhere from Silicon Valley to San Diego and uh, many cities and farms in between. So the delta really is the hub of the water system and conundrum in California. You sort of point out, you illustrate what, quite well in the article that if you're eating an avocado and it was grown in San Diego County, it probably actually contains Sacramento River water, as do those swimming pools we see in Orange County. That's right. One of the things that I tried to present with these articles is that be, because the Delta is so important to the state, we depend on, on that water, even here in Sacramento and Davis and the surrounding area, because it's part of the statewide economy, part of the quality of life we enjoy. You know, if, if you like avocados uh, and you believe in buying local avocados, well, you're buying avocados from Riverside and San Diego counties that were grown with Sacramento River water diverted 400 miles from the Delta in order to grow those avocados. Well, Matt, uh, back in the 1980s, I guess it was in 82, the peripheral canal was, was thumped at the poles. And, and yet, there's a blue rib ribbon panel out now, which is calling for its, its, its urgent construction. So where does this stand as we enter 2009? We've just had a report come out at the end of last year. Actually, it was, it was just about a week and a half ago. The Delta Vision Committee, which is uh, a panel of State Cabinet Secretaries appointed by Governor Schwarzenegger presented a plan for the Delta, and it includes a goal to start building a canal around the Delta in 2011. That's only two years away, obviously. And though a lot of people consider that an unrealistic goal, nevertheless, it tells you where the Schwarzenegger administration wants to go with the project. And they claim that they, they have the authority under existing laws to raise the money for that project and to build it without any further approval by the legislature or the voters. So it's definitely a very pressing issue and one that everybody should be paying close attention to. Yeah, Matt, that, there's nothing more eyebrow-raising in this whole discussion than, than when I read in your article in, in, on, in the B on the 3rd of this month that, uh, yeah, Mike Chrisman, chairman of the committee, asserts the state has the authority under existing laws to build the canal, which is completely counter to what everybody else has thought up till now. Right, and that law actually dates back to 1933, <laughs> and that is the, it's called the State Central Valley Project Act, which was approved by California voters back then. A lot of people don't know this, but the federal water system that diverts water out of the Delta, the Central Valley Project, was actually conceived initially by the state and the state ran out of money and wherewithal to build it, so it was eventually built by the federal government. But the state law that authorized it has been on the books ever since, and it, the state claims that they have the ability under that 1933 law to, um, to issue bonds for new water projects without anybody else's approval. And, 
it seems that's what they intend to do for this uh, modern-day canal. Well, th- that seems like something that will be inevitably challenged by the courts. Or, or the, I mean, and also in usurping sort of the power of the legislators, I think they would not like that very much. No, it's not clear yet where the legislature is going to come down on this canal, but there's clearly some resistance already, and we're certain to see that emerge in um, new laws or in a ballot measure preventing a canal or, or in lawsuits from any number of groups. So that's why this 2000, one of the reasons this 2011 plan um, is uh, iffy. I'm looking right now as we speak at, at the, uh, the pullout section you had from December 14th B, which I recommend to anyone, again, if they would, I believe you actually have these available online. You show a, a, a diagram of what this canal would look like. And if anyone is familiar with Sacramento and has been down to Old Sac, this canal is going to be the size of the Sacramento River at Tower Bridge. That's, that's, a, large, that's a large structure. A lot of people don't realize just how big this canal would be. It, it would literally be as wide as the Sacramento River where it passes downtown um, and actually a little bit deeper. So it's a massive structure and it would have huge environmental uh, consequences during construction and, and, and uh, major disruptions for private property owners along the way. And yes, you can view that route on, on our website, sacb.com backslash delta, and you can also order extra copies of the printed section by calling 916-650-2847, and it includes both of those illustrations. Well, Matt, this canal is now getting some surprising support among some, at least, environmental groups, which is which is which I, I'm surprised by that. And and my question is, I don't know whether you can speak for the environmental groups, but what is their logic in this notion of how we might improve the delta by taking yet more water from it? Because I don't see the logic myself. Well, that's right. The Nature Conservancy last week announced that it supports a canal under certain conditions. Uh, there was some debate when that announcement was made about why they were making that announcement now. Uh, and their conditions are the same conditions that, that many people have about this canal. And the big one is essentially who is going to control the canal and under what rules if it does get built. And, and th- those are really the key questions. A lot of environmental groups are on the fence about this, but they will tell you that if the right conditions are in place, they might support it. It remains to be seen what other groups will come out in support of the canal, and I think it depends on whether those conditions are resolved. Now, one of the things that um, uh, Chrisman's committee did when it made its announcement a week and a half ago was that it sort of delayed a decision on those questions. Uh, who is going to govern the canal and, and under what rules? It, it opted to take another year to evaluate those questions, which was uh, not popular with many people who are observing this debate. Well, I, I was talking to a, uh, a fellow who does some reporting on water issues down in the, in the gym, <laughs> and I was picking his brain on this on that issue of what the logic is on this, and, and he said that, well, if, if you're buying what they're saying, that this does offer the possibility of during an extremely wet year diverting some water around the delta and making that, uh, allow them to impound it in other locations. That's right. That's one of the ideas for operating this canal. Um, I think it initially came out of the Public Policy Institute of California, which suggested that rather than building a small canal to um, 
create a physical limit on how much you can divert. You should build a, a large one so you can divert a lot of water when there's a lot of water available, such as during a flood. Uh, but then the, the crux of the issue becomes how do you control that large facility? How do you prevent somebody from taking too much water when it's not a good idea or when it's bad for the environment? And that's why this question of governance is so important. Um, in the Delta Vision process, one of the things they revealed is that there's more than 200 government agencies that have a hand in managing the Delta today. And that's one of the reasons why the Delta is in a lot of trouble, because there's no one to oversee the big picture and make decisions to benefit the Delta. And a lot of observers are, are afraid that the very same thing will happen if this canal is built. So that's why the Delta Vision Task Force, which reported to Chrisman's committee, recommended that the first thing we should do is come up with a new governing council in order to make these big decisions. The Chrisman committee wants to spend another year deciding whether and how to do that. Well, Matt, I have to ask one thing that's been rattling around in, in my mind. I, I don't know where I got this. It might have been from, from Mark Reisner's excellent Cadillac Desert, which is kind of a classic for anyone interested in, in water issues in the West. But I read somewhere that California, our California water projects lose about half the water they pump out of the Delta to evaporation. And I guess the first part is, is that your understanding? I've heard similar numbers, but I can't confirm whether they're true or not. I haven't looked into that myself. But uh, you've got to consider that these canals, these two separate canals that divert water out of the Delta, uh, stretch for hundreds of miles across the state and in some of the hottest parts of the state. So yes, there's certainly a fair amount of loss to evaporation, and the same occurs in all of the state's reservoirs. It's sort of a fact of life um, with these projects, and there's not much you can do about it. So, but I, but I, have to, I have to ask, you, wouldn't it be possible to line the top or put, you know, basically uh, cover, cover the canals? I mean, I, I think of this when I'm driving around by, like, Los Banos, and it's like 110. You look at the canal, you're thinking, my God, couldn't they put even plastic or something over it? It probably would be possible. Uh, I mean, if, if we can build facilities like this, sure, we ought to be able to come up with a way to cover them. I'm sure it presents maintenance issues to do something like that. But, yeah. Um, I haven't heard anybody suggest that seriously, but it might be worth looking at. Good Lord, I would think. I mean, I don't know. It's a, it seems like a low-tech solution to a, a big issue. Yeah, it could be. The Endangered Species Act, it empowers fisheries agencies to direct uh, state and federal water systems to divert less water if, if necessary. You, you've written about this. There's, in fact, an important report uh, due out soon. You, were, you reported on the preliminaries of, of that report noting that many species of fish are in deep trouble. Can you talk about this report of the National Marine Fisheries Services? Yeah, this is a report. It's called a biological opinion that's being prepared for the two delta pumping systems by the National Marine Fisheries Service, uh, specifically to address impacts on salmon, steelhead, and sturgeon that are protected by the Endangered Species Act. And, and this report is being prepared under a court order because the the first one back in 2004 was manipulated by officials in the Bush administration to um, alter the conclusions of scientists in the agency. So this report's getting a lot of scrutiny because of that history um, and also because of the implications it might have for water management in the state. So last week, this, a draft of this report was discussed by a, a scientific peer review committee here in Sacramento, and it, and it was the first real public chance to see what's in it. And 
essentially the National Marine Fisheries Service has reached a jeopardy opinion on these species, which means that it, it has concluded that continued operation of the delta pumping systems as we operate them today is likely to bring about the extinction of these species. And again, the ones we're talking about are winter and spring run, Chinook salmon, uh, Central Valley steelhead, and green sturgeon, all of which are protected by the Endangered Species Act. So what this means is that the National Marine Fisheries Service is going to in the final report, uh, which is due in March, they're going to propose new ways to operate these water systems to, to prevent the extinction of these species. And we don't know what those proposals will be yet, but it could be some very drastic changes for reservoirs in the state and for the way in which these delta pumping systems are operated. And you point out that the way they pump the water, it's all aimed at people, and sometimes the water is going in the wrong place at the wrong time for the fish. I'm not sure that is quite the correct way to put it. I mean, okay. they, they have made efforts in recent years to reoperate the system to benefit uh, habitat and fisheries, but they're still moving an awful lot of water, and it, it's not clear. I don't think it's clear yet if, if the changes they've made recently are going to be enough to protect these species. Um, so again, this, this um, biological opinion will be revealing. It, it may tell us the answer to that question and, and whether we need to pump even less water. All right, well, just a couple final questions today. Matt, as long as we have you, I did want to ask a little bit about the local levee situation here in Sacramento. We do read that we're the second riskiest area in the U.S. to flooding, maybe after New Orleans. There was a lot of development in our floodplains in the last decade or so. That's still going on. Um, where, do you see, where do you see us standing right now on that levee issue? Well, uh, that's, that's true. Uh, based on experts we've interviewed, about the flood situation. Sacramento has the second worst flooding nationwide compared to New Orleans, and partly that's because we're in the middle of this vast floodplain and because our levees aren't up to the standard that they should be. Uh, there's a lot of work underway right now to correct that, and we're essentially in a race against time to get it done before the next big flood hits. The biggest project that we're seeing uh, underway or, or getting underway this year will be upgrading um, some 40 miles of levees in the, in the Thomas Basin in Sacramento. It's the biggest flood control project in modern times in Sacramento, and it's, it's going to take several years, and it'll be quite disruptive. But when it's done, it'll, it'll mean that Natomas residents won't have to buy flood insurance anymore, and they will be a lot safer. The other big project underway is modifying Folsom Dam. A, a new spillway is being built in order to move water out of the reservoir faster. This, this is, a, I think, a $1.4 billion project, and it will allow us to remove water from the reservoir faster when there are floods taking place upstream so that we can accommodate greater inflows during a, during a big storm. Well, final question, Matt. Your reporting and what the bee's been looking into has, has prompted quite a bit of, uh, quite a few editorials saying that, you know, it's time to accept the realities of limits uh, of Delta water, and in, particularly in Southern California, that, 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 you know, that the development just cannot continue as it has in the past. Uh, do you think that that reality is going to intrude? Signs seem to be saying yes. With new controls on Delta pumping, it seems likely that at least for those of us who depend on Delta water, we may have to live with less of it. On the other hand, there's a lot of new kind of exciting things happening in conservation and water reuse. Uh, for instance, one of the things I wrote about in the Delta report is how Orange County 
is now recycling its wastewater. This is often derogatorily referred to as toilet to tap, where you take <laughs> the water that we flush down the toilet and, and treat it and send it back into people's homes as drinking water. But it can be done, and Orange County is proving it. Uh, it's cheaper than desalination. It has fewer demands on energy supply. It's, it's more energy efficient than desalination. And it's probably where a lot of communities in California will be going in the years ahead. Both San Diego and Los Angeles are now looking at this technology, and we'll probably see it in Northern California eventually, too. Well, I know there's talk about water uh, rationing if we have a dry, a dry year this year, et cetera, et cetera. This issue is certainly not going to go away. I hope that you know you can come back and speak with us again about this. I'd be glad to. And Matt, you're doing a great job at the B. I just want to say, you know, we all appreciate good reporting, and, and, and this, this whole section you guys are doing and your ongoing reporting is really to be uh, commended. Phil, well, thanks for having me on your show. All right, Matt. Okay, bye. We're speaking with Sacramento Bee reporter Matt Weiser, who's been covering uh, Delta issues for over a decade and has won numerous awards for um, uh, his reporting on um, flood issues in the area. This is this is really an issue that's critical to California, our present and and our future. And, and I and I, I think I betrayed along the way the fact that I'm very skeptical about uh, about the peripheral canal and how it can possibly improve things in the Delta. But I think some uh, some skepticism is uh, is important to have because I, I really don't think that the Southern California water interests uh, are very concerned about uh, about the Delta and about Northern California. And I hope I'm being a bit overly cynical on that. But anyway, yes, please check it out. Even if you're even if you are listening to us over in Europe, I think that you know these these types of issues, environmental issues, are very very important, particularly as we move from the Bush administration, which you know. As Matt mentioned, a political appointee basically stepped in to, uh, to uh, rewrite the last report that was done about the impact on the fisheries, and, and I'm hoping that we'll see you know, less of that in the future. You're listening to Radio Parallax. I'm Douglas Everett. Let's take a short break. 